Hello everybody, what's up? And welcome to another new episode of the Save Room Podcast with myself, Jason O'Donnell. Now, I hope everybody out there is keeping well, you're keeping safe, you're looking after your physical health, your emotional health and your mental health. All of which are very crucial in today's world because COVID-19 is still running rampant. Many of us are vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Delighted with that. But it's just still better to try and keep yourself safe in these times because it's just it's for your own safety and just to respect other people as well. Now, um, today's episode is actually going to be about one of my favorite genres. Just to give my two cents on it, um, new metal. New metal has actually played a very big part in my life for quite a while now, and I think it all started with, you know, what I grew up around first. Now, my one of my older sisters um listened to Metallica. She listened to the likes of Marilyn Manson. Um, before we found out about all his bullshit. And then my my older brother listened to a lot of like R and B and old school hip hop, and you know those two worlds were kind of a big culmination for me as a kid. And then I found like bands that kind of did the whole rap metal thing in the eighties, and I started listening to them quite a lot. And then even in the early nineties, you had Rage Against the Machine. Biohazard, um, who else was there? There was a band called Propane. Propane did it for a while because I have their first album there on Spotify. Now they probably continued on after, I just don't know. I never listened to anything else beyond their first album. Like, who else? There's a band called Mordred or, or something. There's them living, living color now, not necessarily new metal, but they had that kind of funk vibe. To their music and they always did um there was a lot of bands in that era that kind of were the influence for new metal and ugly kid joe was one of them i remember sitting down with reese Lowe talking about ugly kid joe and how they were one of the influences in new metal and to be quite honest he's not wrong you know he's really not wrong and reese is a is a very big ugly kid joe fan um, check out New Age Messiah, by the way. Reese, Reese is actually with that band. So, yeah. You'll have to excuse my voice. I'm actually still kind of tired and it's still kind of sore from screaming my lungs out at siege there three days ago. <laughs> but anyway, as time went on, other bands should have went to kind of create their own thing. And Korn was one of those bands. Korn had a mixture of everything in their music. And when they brought out their first album, um, that became the game changer. And it was one of the, it was one of, probably one of the best things I ever heard. Now, bear in mind, I didn't pick up the first Korn album until I was like 16. The first new, the first album by a new metal band for me was Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. <clears throat> But that first album by Korn was unbelievable and you know, every time I hear the album getting close to the song Daddy, cannot listen to it. I really can't. Because I remember listening to it once and I never listened to it again. 
it's such a dark song and you know like the the lyrical content of the song explains why anyway but there was a lot of bands after they kind of went for the new metal thing when Korn did it um other bands came out of the woodwork Deftones was another band Deftones with their first three albums which were Adrenaline Around the Fur and White Pony and I'd still regard White Pony as one of their best albums and a lot of people would argue it's Around the Fur I think the fact remains for myself that both albums are fucking brilliant and they are like masterpieces in their own right but Deftones kind of went on to do their own thing they had done more like alternative metal with uh, shoegaze music kind of trip hop and stuff like that but they never really wanted to be confined within the boundaries of new metal they didn't want that but they were still regarded as one of the best new metal bands in the world. Um, them, Corn, Limp Biscuit, and Slipknot were actually regarded as the big four. Limp Biscuit came along in 96, 97 with their first album, Three Dollar Billiards, and that was another one. And a lot of people were actually surprised to find out that DJ Lethal from House of Pain became a member of that band. And Limp Biscuit, fair play to them, they went on later to garner worldwide fucking success and they became like one they became such a huge band and they were such a huge influence to everybody that wanted to get into new metal and rap metal and all other things in between slipknot put a more heavier kind of diverse range on, on their version of new metal but they always kind of kept that anyway. Now, Slipknot were a very experimental band. They still are a very experimental band. But they're not without their sense of consistency. And, you know, there were many bands, in. there were many future bands that kind of took up on their way of writing music. Motionless and White were one band. Wage War kind of did a Slipknot-esque type writing, st- writing style. For their album Dead Weight. Whether that album is considered new metal. I don't know. All I know is. I've listened to it a few times. And you and you can hear. What's in it. <clears throat> now there's some of the bands. But like. Late, in the late 90s. Is when the popularity of new metal. Really took off. Because again. Limp Bizkit. Slipknot. Deftones. Corn. Into the early 2000s. You had Linkin Park. Switched. Oh I forgot to mention Cold Chamber. They started out in 96 or 97 as well. Cold Chamber were another big one. They had three albums. They had disbanded for a while, got back together, wrote an album in 2015 called Rivals, and they dispersed again later after that. And the guitar player for Cold Chamber is now the guitar player for Gemini Syndrome. Their new album is actually really good. It came out there a couple of weeks ago. I'd highly recommend listening to it. So, yeah. There are many bands that kind of came out of the woodwork in the late 90s and the early 2000s. Um, there was Finger Eleven with their first two records. One was Tip or Trip, I think. But I think their best album was The Greatest of Blue Skies. Uh, Boy Meets... Boy Meets Car, I think. There was them. <laughs> There's also Incubus. Now, they came out in the 90s as well, worked their way up into the early 2000s with their new stuff. With their stuff, their sound kind of changed to more of like an indie rock type style. But anyway, I think the point there is all those bands became like a worldwide success in the late 90s. 
and into the early 2000s. Where th that's where its popularity really, really grew. <coughs> Excuse me. But, yeah. Um, it started to die out after a while. Because what happened was, now, Papa Roach had their first album, Infest, in 2000. And I think in 2002, they had their album, Love, Hate, Tragedy. But when you listen to Getting Away With Murder, that's where they kind of went away from their sound. And a lot of bands in that time kind of went away from the new metal sound because nobody really wanted to do it anymore. And I think the simple fact was, the reason they didn't want to do it anymore is because there was a lot, like new metal became more of a business than it ever became a passion. Do you know, the music industry was pushing for ticket sales for all of these concerts. They were pushing for bands to bring out a second and third album. They were pushing for so much and it put a lot of pressure on these bands and it immediately just started to die out. Now, I think the one band that kind of stayed together through all of it was Linkin Park because they wanted to experiment anyway. <clears throat> so they'd done their own thing. With, with their own music and they changed it up. They went for like Minutes to Midnight was such a diverse album. It was rock and it was metal and it had all these other kind of experimental things in between it. Um, a Thousand Sons and Living Things were very kind of industrial rock more so. <clears throat> but it worked well for them. It really worked well for them. And I think the closest album we ever got to Linkin Park going back to their old sound was The Hunting Party. And that was such a, that was a really good album. And it had different guests on it. It had Paige Hamilton from Helmet. It had Tom Morello. It had Darren Malakian from System of a Down. It had so, it had so much going for it. There was even hip hop artists in the scene that went to new metal. Cypress Hill was one of them. Vanilla Ice had two new metal albums. One called Heart to Swallow, the other, the other called Bipolar. And... Like I said, it was it was such a popular thing back at the day, back at the time, but it became way too popular, way too quick, and the music industry just kind of fucked that up for everybody. Bands ended up splitting up or like going away from their old label, going away from their old label, signing to different ones, or they just went off and did their own thing. They went independent. So after that, new metal kind of went into hibernation for a while. Because of all that pressure that was put on it. But now, when you're listening to bands... The, like the bands that garnered the old new metal sound. So you're listening to it's like, okay, I, I like their stuff now, but I kind of miss what they were. Some of them actually kind of went back to it. Some of them tried to stay with it. And now... You have bands that came out recently that were, let's say, reviving new metal. The new metal revival, the new metal rebirth, whatever you want to call it, I'm not sure. But there was bands like Issues, My Ticket Home, Sworn In were actually known as the patient zero of the new metal revival. Um, who else was there? There was a few bands. Islander was an, was another one. Islander were actually really good. They kind of drew influence from Deftones and P.O.D. And that's evident in their sound as well. Um, Loathe. Loathe are unbelievable. Their two albums. Um, 
the cold sun and I let it in and it took everything. Those two bands are like, they're, are like the unbelievable sound of what Loath can do. And Two Way Mirror off their second album, that was the one where Gino Moreno from Deftones actually gave the band the stamp of approval. <sighs> because it still goes to show that even today, new metal still has a very good effect on people. Not even a good effect on people, but it still kind of holds its weight. Joe was something to be revered. Or should I even say that? Because not many people like new metal and many other people did. But I think at the time, new metal was aimed towards a teenage audience. You know, people that were, if they wanted to get into metal, that's what they started with. And then that kind of took over from there and it went forward and stuff like that. <coughs> I was the very same, but like I still listen to new metal. New metal is one of my favorite genres because it incorporates all these different things. And I think the standout one for me would actually have to be hip hop and hip hop and rap. So, yeah, um, now you see, now you see all these bands that are doing it now and. They're doing a really good job of Mice and Men took it on after a while. I remember, as a matter of fact, just to revert back, I forgot the Machine Head were new metal for a while. And they did that whole thing. And oddly enough, it worked for him. A lot of people give Tommy Lee shit for doing it when he started Methods of Mayhem. And he has a solo record, which is new metal. So it's kind of funny. But look, I kind of like Methods of Mayhem. And John was something new. And it was a time that Tommy Lee wanted to experiment. He even said that he even got a lot of shit for it, but he just didn't care. He was proud of it. Um, there was a lot of bands outside of... There was a lot of people outside of New Metal that hated it. Outside of uh, bands, out, bands outside of New Metal that loved it. Sebastian Bach actually loves Limp Bizkit. Um, Tom Morello hates New Metal. You know, he was like, look, oh, my apologies. <laughs> Biohazard were another band that kind of did new metal as well. But look, let's go back into future bands. Um, you've issues, you've loathed, you've my ticket home, you've sworn in, you've bands like Dark Complex who only had one, who had an EP and an album, and they split up. Um, I know that Stephen Richards, who is the singer from Taproot, is still writing music for Taproot, but it's just him. And he's actually looking to have the album kind of funded so he can actually make it properly and release and release it. So there was kind of so many different things there that, you know, that you can credit New Metal for. There's so many different things that, like so many different reasons why New Metal kind of went into hibernation and how it came back and why. Like, I think it wanted just another target audience and stuff like that. But I've always kind of, I always kind of held out that it was going to come back anyway. I knew that for, for sure. I just didn't think it would come back the way it did. So, yeah. I keep saying that a lot. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but um, what else was there? There was something else. Yeah, there was a lot of different, like, you know, you have new metalcore. 
which was a thing before it ever became popular. Um, there was also there was another band. Oh, Kane Hill are another band. Kane Hill are absolutely brilliant. Um, their album Smile, their album Too Far Gone. They've released an acoustic EP. They've released more music there. I don't know if they're going to release a full-length album. I'm not too sure, but hopefully they do. Because, you know, Kane Hill are like one of my favourite newer bands. And it's actually good to hear them, you know, kind of do their thing. But you can see that, like, it started to come back in a big way. And Siler were another band that... Like, they were kind of started out as a hardcore band on one of their EPs. And if you listen to um, to Whom It May Concern, kind of hardcore, kind of new metal, then Help came along, aimed towards more of a new metal sound. And then Seasons came out, and I was like, okay, this is very new metal. So you can see that the sound in newer bands starts to progress as well. And of Mice, I think I mentioned that Of Mice and Men took it on for a while. Um, Who else started doing it? There's so many bands that started doing it, but the point is, it kept, like, New Metal came out of hibernation, but it was a lot of bands that, like, wanted to go independent with the done it, but, like, a lot of the bands, some of the bands that did it, that are doing it now, they were signed to the likes of Roy's and Napalm. Dropout Kings were another band that were signed to Napalm, and I think they'd done their own thing as well. No. They signed to Suburban Noise Records, who Head PE are with now. Um, there were so many other bands that always had they like even the bands that had like one album and kind of dispersed they were unreal um, the 100 were a band that did it they were kind of grime and kind of like old new metal and electronic rock like there were new metal bands that started mixing gent and I think the first band to do that mixing rap and grime and gent was Hacktivist Hacktivist were one band that I seen in 2013 on Scuzz TV if anybody remembers that, with with their song "Unlike Us," which was for an EP that they brought out, then they brought out two albums recently. They brought out two albums, one in twenty sixteen, and they brought out one there recently enough. Um, but they were really good. Who else? Yeah, um, Mind Collision were another band that kind of mixed the whole gent and new metal thing. DVSR, uh, the abbreviation for DVSR is Devastator. But they did it too. And they brought out one EP, one full length, one EP, two EPs and two full length albums. And their last full length album came out last year. And it's called West Tech, it's West Techniques or West Technique. But they were really good as well. Um, But I think it's like the fact that New metal kind of came out of the hibernation it was in for so long was is actually really good because you're looking at the bands it takes on now like Death Blooms were another one and they released an album there uh, about come back there Friday last Friday so there's so many but there were so many bands out there that kind of like in the beginning you had Corn then the you in the beginning you had Corn with New Metal in after that. You had you had the bands, the newer bands that I recently mentioned, and like to have all that, it kind of shows you that even after its hibernation, new metal was such a very talked about thing. It was such a very 
Like, whether you loved it or you hated it, it was still very talked about. And there was a lot of bands now, there there is a lot of bands now that still kind of keep up that sound. There's a lot of bands that kind of wanted to stick to a genre that they started that they started out listening to that they knew and loved and hopefully there will be more bands in the future that and there will be more bands that kind of take on the sound and put their own twist on it because you know that's always a good thing to see as well bands that kind of do their own thing with a certain genre um I'd say more, I would have said more, but my voice is genuinely fucked, as you can hear. But, yeah, new metal to this day still holds up as probably one of the most talked about genres in the world. Whether it's loved or whether it's hated, it's always going to be very talked about. Anyway, that concludes this episode of the Save Room Podcast. And on the 13th of November, which is Sunday from 3 until 4, I'm going to be in the studio with Alex Holzinger and Owen Galligan. Alex is from Tombs and Owen Galligan is with the band Slung From A Tree. I'm going to have them in the studio with me Sunday the 13th of November. Recording starts from 3 until 4 at Open Door Studio. And this is going to be something all the Irish bands can listen to, all the local bands can listen to. And we're going to be talking about um, the return of the siege and live music as a whole their own music, what they plan to do in the future. So that's going to be a pretty awesome episode. It's going to be longer than this one. And I won't sound very awkward because I'm going to be in a room with two people. (laughs) But anyway, as I said, that concludes today's episode of the Save Room Podcast. Stay loving, stay safe, protect your mind and peace out.